Hey everybody, Micah Ness here with episode number 41 of the Silver Line Behind the Frame podcast. In this episode, we're sharing hunting camp with John Makoff. He's a hunter, a surfer, he's a chairman of the Hunt and Fool, which provides hunting planning services, and he's a managing director of Unique Investment Corporation, which does private equity investing. So this guy's done a lot of different things, and we get to spend a week hunting elk at his ranch in Idaho, where he's done an amazing job of managing wildlife for premier hunting while providing a first-class experience for hunters. And he's a really engaging guy with an amazing story about how he got his start. And we talk about the value of having good people around you and a solid team to accomplish your goals, no matter what it might be. So I hope you enjoyed this talk. Let's rock. Sweet. All right. Welcome to the podcast today, Silverline Behind the Frame. Today we got John Makoff, and uh, thanks for thanks for jumping on here today. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We uh, um, hadn't met previously uh, before, uh, only a couple of days ago, and happened to be here in uh, in Idaho filming a elk hunt. And uh, you got a pretty nice uh, little piece of uh, paradise over here in Idaho. <laughs> I do. I'm I'm very very fortunate. Um, yeah, acquired this piece originally back in 1998. So it's, it's been a while, uh, really for the purposes of, uh, you know, managing wildlife, uh, for the benefit of wildlife. And it's been a a really fun project and a a great conservation project, both for my family, but also there's two families involved in this. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the Hedges family is also heavily involved. They do a lot of the work and uh, a lot of the day-to-day management here on the ranch. So very appreciative of that. And Logan, who's a professional hunt advisor at Hunt and Fool, is also one of my really close friends. So it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, we've been having a great time the last couple days um, going after some some big bulls and lots of elk in this area. I mean, we're here in September and even though it's pretty warm, I mean, it's definitely the, the, the rut is starting to take off and we're getting to see some pretty cool action. So, but it sounds like it's supposed to get a lot better here soon, huh? It literally gets better kind of from here on in day by day. It mm-hmm. should improve. And we haven't had one of those magical nights yet where, uh, you know, we'll have a cow or two that's, that's in heat and the bulls just go crazy. And, you know, you've seen quite a few bulls. And when those right. those bulls start competing for, for a, a cow in heat, it really gets fun. So looking forward to one of those days soon. It has been unseasonably warm. And yeah. so... It's smoky too. I mean, it's, we had a lot of fires around. Yeah. We're getting that, we're getting that smoke probably from the Oregon and California fires, which is a little bit unfortunate. Luckily we don't have to glass a whole lot here, long mm. distance. Um, yeah. you know, we, as, as you've seen the last couple of days, we're, we're able to locate the, the bulls usually fairly easily. So, mm. and that makes the hunt really fun. Yeah. And now having a place like this, you must have a pretty big interest in hunting, it, did that start early on or have you, was that kind of later on in life that you got into hunting? No, it started early on. So, um, I was born in Pocatello, Idaho uh-huh. and my family's in the farming business in a, a little town, uh, called Grace. And, uh, we raised potatoes and, uh, you know, barley is the rotation crop. Um, and I've been around the outdoors, you know, since I was a, a small child yeah. and, uh, sure. So, you know, a part of my spiritual wellness is, is getting outside mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, hunting, fishing, hiking. Um, I also love the ocean. I think yeah. I shared that with you a, a, a little bit. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm actually a surfer, which is sort of an oddity up here in the, it's, hunt, quite, it's quite the mix. <laughs> yes. In, in hunting camp. Yeah. But I really, I really love the outdoors. It's important for me to get outside. And, you know, I always had a dream of owning my own property mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I've just was really fortunate kind of in the right place at the right time and was able to take the risk and, yeah. and, uh, managed to secure the property. And then we've, we've, we've grown it since then. So we, you know, we built these buildings and the facilities and, yeah. and we've also added to the acreage, but it fits as, as you've seen, it fits really, really kind of, a, it fits in a, a cool, cool way into this, this yeah. drainage. And we have a lot of forests that we, you know, a forest boundary and it sort of expands everything. And, Mm -hmm. um, so it's a, it's a, it's a nice experience and it's really fun to be able to share it with, with guys like yourself. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure to be here. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing place, great hospitality and and obviously great hunting too. And, 
And did, uh, did, so you said you kind of wanted to have something like that through growing up and how did, give us a little, little bit of a backstory of how that kind of progressed through from those earlier years and kind of the trajectory that Lynn, you know, kind of wound you up here. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, my business background, um, I got into the private equity business back in 1993. And um, I always knew I was fairly fortunate in that I knew I wanted to be a businessman. Sure. And um, at the time, before I got into private equity, I was working for a, um, a computer aggregator, uh, aggregating hardware and software and reselling it to Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. And it was a $250 million concern that was based in Troy, Michigan. And I went to work for an office in Southern California as a salesperson. And um, I, was, I was blessed with some skills that allowed me to be successful. I grew a $40 million book of business. And I had mm-hmm. 16 of my own teammates that, that you know, answered directly to me. And it gave me a lot of confidence that I could run a business. Yeah. And, um, and is that, just for a little bit of background there, is that... Uh, fairly, um, I guess not so common with starting up with that type, I mean, getting that type of book of business in that time frame, or was it, is that, uh, I mean, did you have to put in a lot of extra work to get to that point that time? No, it's, 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 it's very uncommon yeah. actually. So, yeah. um, it's funny. I took the job. I really liked the manager of the office and I just mm-hmm. sat, I didn't know a thing about computers and I sat, <laughs> I sat down with him and I said, look, first thing out of my mouth was if you're looking for somebody who knows a lot about computer hardware and software. I'm not your guy, mm-hmm. but I do believe I can sell things. And if, you know, I get some support, I think I can make it happen. And he goes, I don't care if you know a thing about, you know, computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I need people who can, who can deliver. So I took the job for uh, a recoverable draw of a thousand bucks a month <laughs> and wow. uh, on a three month probation. So yeah. at the end of the three months, if you owed the company money, you were done. And uh, my first month, my so commission- they were cautious, <laughs> very cautious. Yeah. And my first month, my uh, commission check was nine hundred and eighty-seven bucks. So I, I owed the company thirteen dollars. Uh, my there second month, my uh, commission check was seventy-eight hundred bucks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I never, I never really looked back from there. And I was a pretty young guy, and I started, you know, I, I made several hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. uh, pretty quickly. And yeah. I built this large book of business. I mean, you think about it, forty million dollars within a two hundred fifty million dollar company is a pretty significant chunk. Yeah, so I was one part. of the top salesmen at the time. Um, and you know, like I said, it gave me a lot of confidence. It, it gave me a lot of belief in myself, and a lot of belief that you know I could manage a business. And yeah. the other, the one thing I knew is that job was going to be transitional. Yeah. I always wanted to be on the equity side of business. Right. Um, but before you jump into that, yeah. for the sales side of things, I'm just interested on, on certain people are designed for that and can do that really well and, and sell almost anything. And was it something that you, I guess, your mentality going into, you know, having that type of a sales, you know, boost right away. I mean, what, is there anything you can attribute that to as far as the, what kind of made would you really good with the people, the relations or just communication or what did that look like? I think it's a combination of a lot of those things. I mean, I, I, you know, we analyze what is it, what is the secret sauce that it takes to be a, a good salesperson? And it's really hard to identify, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me personally, um, I'm, I'm, I feel very comfortable with people, talking yeah. with people, and I'm, yeah. I'm pretty comfortable with myself. Yeah, that's and, big. And yeah, yeah and, and my strategy in negotiating or when I was in sales was to be very direct, be myself. I've always felt, you know, the more genuine I can be, that allows the other party to really weigh whether or not I'm the right relationship for sure. them to work with. Yeah. And um, like I said, it's, it served me really well, and I'm, and I'm sort of alarmingly direct. Yeah. in that way. Yeah. And it's in an, in a, it's disarming for other parties when they're, they're doing business with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I think that that was the key to my success. And I'm also not fearful. Mm-hmm. So I don't allow, I mean, we all feel some, for the most part, we all feel fear, but I don't allow my fears to keep me from doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I really try not to. So yeah. I think it was a combination of all those things. And then, um, you know, I'm, I've, I've been pretty good at relationships sure. and that's really what drives me in, yeah. in life or, or, you know, we only have two things that are super, super valuable, healthy time and the people that we spend it with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we're, I think when we're on our deathbed, we don't think about all the money we made. We think about the yeah. people that we yeah. spend our time with and, and what they meant to us. Mm-hmm. 
So. Yeah. So sorry, I, I jumped in there, but just, just yeah, wanted, no that, that was a good <laughs> insight and just why, you know, kind of how that made it work. Because for some people, I think it's it's not always as innate, but when you bring it back to the relationship and how critical it is actually caring about the people and not just trying to sell something, I think that really sets it apart. Yeah. And I think the other thing about me that's um, quite a bit different is um, I'm not smart enough to know that I shouldn't do something. <laughs> and so I yeah. don't, I've, I've never done things sort of the typical way. I've just gone and done them. Yeah. And I haven't really let you know, I haven't let the naysayers get to me. Like, you can't do that. That's mm -hmm. not going to, you know, I haven't let, ever let that, that define me. Right. And the other thing is that I've never let uh, failure define me. Yeah. Um, we all, we, we all make mistakes. We all have failures um, that it has no bearing on what we're going to do today mm -hmm. or what we're going to do tomorrow. So I've been, you know, I, I think I was blessed with a pretty good um, awareness of some of, you know, the things that work to make life successful. Yeah. And I was, I was honestly, I, was, I think I was born with that. I don't, I mean, it developed over, over time, of course, and mm -hmm. refined, but some of it you're just given, Yeah. you know, and yeah. I don't, I don't think any of us completely understand why mm -hmm. it happens that way. So. Sure. Yeah, no, that's huge. And then, so, so go on. So you're, you're transitioning from that then to kind of the direction you're hoping to go from the sales then? Yeah. So in 1993, I met, um, an individual who, um, well, no, it was in 1992. I take that back. In 1992, I met an individual who had made, um, a very large fortune in technology. Mm -hmm. And, um, over the period of about eight months, I developed a very nice relationship and, um, you know, we had some, some really good exchanges and we, you know, we were interested in, in working with one another. And in 1993, they made me a, a sort of an interesting offer. Um, and I think at the time I was, I was literally, I was making over $500,000 a year. And in my, you know, in my, my uh, job selling computer hardware and software. Yeah. And they said to me, look, I'll pay you $150,000 annually for two years. And I'll guarantee you that. Um, and I might make an investment. And so mm. I'll pay you yeah. to look, you do it full time. Um, we'll continue to develop our relationship and I may or may not do it. And you walk away from your job. And, uh, it took me about two seconds to say yes. <laughs> so I did, that was in yeah. the spring of 1993. Yeah. And in, um, September of 1994, um, we made our first acquisition and uh, it was a $5 million purchase price, not quite as 4.8, but basically mm -hmm. five, a $5 million uh, total enterprise value. So total value. Yeah. And I needed 1.8 to close the deal on equity. And so I went uh, to my investor and I said, you know, this is what we need. This is what I think. This is why I believe we should do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they asked me, well, what's the risk? And I said, you could lose every cent and I don't want you to do it if it's going to change your life. Yeah. And, um, you know, they gave me the green light and we made that acquisition. And four years later, I sold that same company for $23.5 million. And that was my first wow. success. Wow. And, yeah. and I made, I made a, I made a really good, a really good, uh, you know, hit personally. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, that's what, that's what got me started. And, um, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. So basically I'm in the private equity business and I make investments on behalf of personal or of, uh, you know, um, private wealthy families mm -hmm. into two asset classes, basically small businesses. And, um, we define that as businesses that have an uh, enterprise value up to a hundred million and sort of down to 10. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's sort of the space. And I know that's a broad space, but it's, it's, it's more narrow than one would, sure. one would think. Yeah. And then we also, um, make investments in real estate for the purposes of generating passive income on behalf of the the same mm -hmm. investor base. And I've made now investments. I mean, I've been doing it obviously for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and I've, you know, I've, I've made lots of, I'm not the most experienced guy, but yeah. we've, we've done, you know, well over a hundred transactions, probably mm -hmm. maybe even close to 200 when you include all the things that we've been involved with. Um, taking it, we took a company public, uh, we yeah. subsequently sold it. I mean, we've, we've had a lot of different types of experiences Sure. and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's really been a good ride. Yeah. It's really been a good ride and we've had a lot of success. So we've, we've been able to duplicate our success many times, yeah. which is, you know, is rewarding and, 
um, we've had some failures along the way as well. So it's sure. not, it's not all, you know, it's, it's yeah. not all roses, but yeah, you're always going to get, get different, <laughs> different results when you jump into that space. That's for sure. No one's a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just not. And how, how do you, I mean, with, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of different avenues that people can go to for that space. I'm guessing, I mean, I, I'm not really familiar with it, but I mean, it seems like with, to have people coming to you, you know, and trusting you with that type of investments and money. Is there something that you've been able to look at just even over the years that has made it, I guess it's not always going to be an easy decision. I'm sure when you're jumping into different investments, but yeah, they're kind of certain telltale things, or I guess having the full team to look at every type of aspect. And at some point you're, you're making an assumption, but you're basing it on a lot of things, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you're so you're allocating capital and you're managing risk, mm-hmm. and um, you know those are the two things you're doing. And then once you once you acquire something, then it you know there's a, there's a big process there, the acquisition, and that's what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you do you do a lot of due diligence, you do a lot of market studies, um, but a lot of it is what you believe, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, do you believe in it? Mm-hmm. And um, so that that's what it comes down to, and and stepping out on that you know stepping out on that risk risk scale. So, um, there's no, I don't, I don't think there's a secret sauce to it. There's mm-hmm. disciplines that you put in place, sure. but inevitably things go wrong. And a lot of it is also having the ability to deal with the unexpected, mm-hmm. um, and not to get frustrated. And which brings up another really important distinction. So, um, prototypically in private equity, the most common are what we call closed end funds, where Mm -hmm. you go out and you get commitments from basically institutional investors for a certain strategy, and you have a period of time to invest that money. And it's usually five years in, five years out. So they're a 10-year period. Um, We chose to do things differently. Um, we, We decided we did institutional money once, and then we decided that wasn't for us, that we really liked private wealthy money better. Private wealthy money is a little bit more patient, a little bit more understanding. Sure. And yeah. we didn't do it captively. So we do, um, we do everything. Um, we, we source deals and then we take it out and, uh, then we, we get it funded one deal at a time. So there's no pressure for us to, to, you know, to put money, to work when we find something we like, we go mm-hmm. out and and we get it funded. Yeah, and it's worked for us really well. Um, it's probably a little bit more work, but it's it's been super super successful for our personality yeah. and a much more comfortable environment. That way, when you go out and the only yeah, we, and we have a base of investors that we go out to mm-hmm. um, that like to see our deals, and um, it's it's completely discretionary. So it's called on a pledge basis, and that's what we basically are. Is you know we go out yep. and then they make a pledge, and then we fund from that pledge. Yeah. And um, it's on a deal by deal basis. And um, the the one thing that can happen is a lot of times we'll actually oversubscribe. So mm-hmm. we don't if if we need two million dollars, we don't say to anybody you know that there's a cap. You can put on all two million dollars if you want. But right. if somebody else comes in, you get prorated. Yeah. <laughs> down. And so, yeah. and proration works fine up until if it's really successful, then the, then your investor will say, well, gosh, I sure wish I could have put in what I originally wanted to put in. Mm-hmm. That is sort of one of the small pitfalls to the way we've done things. Sure. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been super rewarding. Yeah. It really has. It's not for everybody because you deal with, I mean, essentially you deal with issues and problem. Yeah. You're a problem solver, <laughs> a solutionist. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of comes with the position a lot of times, especially in those businesses. <laughs> it did. It does. And, and, you know, capital, capital doesn't have a personality. The only thing capital um, demands is a risk weighted return that's above the mean in the market. Mm-hmm. And if you can't generate that, then it's going to go somewhere else. Your opportunity your opportunities will go away eventually. So you do, mm-hmm. there is pressure to perform um, because of the demands of, of capital it's, yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's also part of the fun, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. I, and I think the other distinction um, of our firm is the way we define value. So we don't define value economically. We define value as improving people's lives through mm. our products, our services, and our products or our profits. Yeah. So, um, you know, we believe in social impact, um, and 
we want to have a we want to have a positive um, impact on on society. Mm-hmm. We believe business is the best platform to do that uh, because it's scalable, yeah, and sustainable. And um, you know, a for-profit business is really the greatest nonprofit in the world, hmm. especially when they're successful. Right. So, and the other thing is, you can create a lot of value in a very short period of time. Yeah. A small business can become very valuable in a short period of time once it gets traction, mm-hmm. and that's fun. The velocity of money is is really really fast sometimes, and so you make a lot of money in a short period of time. You can kind of bounce along and struggle, 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 but then mm-hmm. you figure it out, and it all comes in. Right. And yeah. and and that's rewarding as well. So. Yeah. And have you been able to build it to a, um, a larger team or is it still fairly compact or how, how does that look as far as the organization goes for you? That's a, that's a great question. So we've really kind of pushed out our organization instead of building sort of an ivory tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, there's three managing directors of which I'm one. I'm the founding managing directors. There's three managing directors. Um, we have a real estate management company that has a couple people in it. Yeah. Um, we have a controller, an administrator, and a financial um, analyst. And that's it. So we're really small, but we push our partnerships out. Yeah. So like Jared Lyle, the CEO of Hunt and Fool, he's mm-hmm. our partner. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we spread out yeah. is, um, and you know, Jared is my equal. That's yeah. how, that's how we treat all of our portfolio, you know, teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and we equitize them as well. So they're truly our partner on the equity side of the business as well. Right. And so with that, um, how, how did that kind of come about then with, uh, Hunt and Fool and that being, you know, coming into your portion there? It's totally accidental. So <laughs> I shared a hunting camp with the founder of Hunt and Full, yeah. uh, Garth Carter. We weren't even hunting the same species. We we're hunting different species. Yeah. And Garth was being guided by a, a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, they were out deer hunting. And he mentioned to my friend um, that uh, he might be interested in exiting his business, that it was time mm-hmm. to retire. And, uh, you know, my friends will like, well... <laughs> The guy's right in camp. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you need to talk to him. Yeah. And uh, so Garth and I did. We spoke briefly. It was funny. Camp was so busy that it was really hard for he and I just to break mm-hmm. off to you know, on a one on one. But yeah, um, he and I did speak briefly and we agreed to have a call uh, with with him and a couple of his family members. And we had a call. And then over a period of about uh, eight to 10 months, we were able to to transact and like I said, totally unexpected, but Garth had built yeah. a really, he'd built a really nice business um, that was really contributing, you know, value in an interesting way to hunters. Mm-hmm. And hunting is getting more complicated because the resource is so constrained yeah. and the way states manage those resources. And yeah. so accessing hunts for the average guy is a, I mean, it's, it's, it's busy, you yeah. know, and we all have busy a lives. Lot, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of work. And so to add to that is just crazy. And so, um, you know, Hunt and Fool takes that, takes that responsibility mm-hmm. and uh, provides that service for, for its members. And, you know, it's, it's really satisfying to, to help somebody secure, you know, a hunt and uh, an adventure that, you know, ends up being their dream a lot of times. Yeah. And uh, so did, it's, 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 it's really rewarding. Did that kind of uh, ring true with you more so than just as a, I mean, it seems like it's, a, it's has more impact than just a business deal. I mean, it sounds like this, what they were doing, did that kind of uh, um, draw you in a little bit more because of what they were doing with the business? Well, 100%, I understood it so well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I literally was, I think we, we, we go sequentially in terms of membership numbers. We're well yeah. over 100,000 now, but um, I was member 36. Wow. By the way, that was really appealing. <laughs> that was really appealing to yeah. Garth. Because yeah. he was like, oh my gosh, this guy actually understands me. Right. You you've, know? Been, you've been there since, which, when would have that been when you oh, jumped in Oh, it was like 25 years ago now. Yeah. Wow. You know, oh, well, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lo- quite a long time ago. And, yeah. and Gar started out, he was literally printing on manila paper. You know, <laughs> uh, he, he ended up developing a beautiful magazine, but at first it was just printed on paper. Had you met him at all early, early no. on? This was the first time? No, yeah. no. He, he literally, um, I got a direct, you know, a direct mail campaign from him. And, yeah. and when he first started out and I'm like, wow, this is an interesting idea. I would love this information. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I've sus- subscribed, I, I think it was a hundred bucks even back then. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try this and see. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it was valuable. So, mm-hmm. um, 
that's that's how it, that's all it that's how it all happened. But right, I related right. back to your question. I did. I yeah. related to the business because I understood it. Yeah. And it was a personal passion. Sure. So um, it made it you know it it definitely made it more interesting from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And how has that uh, um, kind of process been since since with with Hunt and Fool? I mean, with the relationship with Jared and and just the different people with you and even the place here. I mean, there seems to be a lot of you know, integral involvement with, with Hunt and Fool and also what you're doing? Well, I wish I would have met Jared um, right when we acquired the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared is a, first of all, he's a first-class human being. I mean, just as good a human being as there is. And um, he's also a tremendous leader. Yeah. Um, he is, he's a great teammate, a great mm-hmm. partner, and a tremendous leader. And he and I have been working together now for the last three years. Yeah. Um, and, we sort of struggled the business prior to, to Jared. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't get the right leader in place uh, to sort of replace Garth and his family. And it took us a while to figure it out. Um, Jared has figured it out. Yeah. And, um, you know, the company's never been in a better place. Um, we're starting to take, we're moving out on the risk scale now. We're making investments into the business and into adjacent businesses. Mm. So yeah. the future of hunting, hunting full is, is, you know, it's, it is phenomenal. It's really exciting. And we owe it to Jared, honestly. Um, yeah. He is a really, really good CEO. Um, yeah. And, and it's because he's such a good person. He cares. He's, he, and by the way, he's, sm- he's super smart as well. Yeah. So um, yeah. he gets it. He's smart. He's, um, and he's, he's a great team leader. I mean, his, yeah. his team is tight. Yeah. You know, we're all a tight bunch. Yeah. And it we, seems we like he really relates to what they're actually dealing with from a day-to-day basis too. I mean, just seeing him out on the mountain, you know, following around with, uh, uh, filming and, and hunting. I mean, he just, he understands all of those aspects and the business side and the people and just a really nice guy to be around too. And just, I mean, you have a good person in there. So he does. And he's grateful. Yeah. He, he's grateful for the opportunity. He's grateful for the position mm-hmm. because, you know, hunting is a relatively small industry and uh, to be able to work in an industry that you love yeah. and that you can have a positive impact on, um, he's really grateful for it. And so, and it, and you can tell just by being around him. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, I, I've never been so optimistic about uh, the future of hunting, hunting full and, and at driving value, uh, both in terms of helping outdoorsmen access adventures and taking full advantage of them. Um as, as well as, you know, generating a, a really good financial return for, for the yeah. investors. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with this place, the, um, you know, the, the ranch here, I mean, is this uh, something that is uh, there other places as well that are tied in with, with hunting fool as well, or is it just basically here? Or are you guys looking to do other kind of camps kind of like this or? No, we've talked about doing other camps actually. Yeah. Um, this one's natural just because I own it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, last year was kind of the first year that we had a sort of a hunt and fool um, yeah. type, you know, event um, where we all hunted elk together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some guests as well, uh, like you guys. And it was just, it was, it was one of the most gratifying things I had done. And so I was like, you know, I told Jared, I want to, I want to duplicate it. I want to, I want to try it again. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me personally, I I don't, I mean, Jared and I were talking about it last year. I can't remember how many bulls we've killed between us with a bow, but it's up in the thirties. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're pretty close to 40. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's really more gratifying, um, for us to, to share the experience with, you know, guys like yourselves who may not have access to something like mm-hmm. this, um, and really appreciate it. So, yeah. um, that's, th- that, that's the, 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 really the, you know, the fun of it. And it's, it's, it really is a joy. Yeah. I feel like that's, uh, the, the part that really led to me being into guiding as well in Alaska. It's, it's one of those things you get to share other people experiences. I mean, they're, they're, paying to come to a place, but you're still creating and, and kind of orchestrating this experience for them. And then they're still, you know, having a big part of that. They don't just come in. And it's not just given to them. You have to work hard. You have to get out there. You have to stock. You have to do all those things. You know, people, I think with some people might look at guiding as like, oh, they're, they're doing all the work. I mean, you, you're doing a lot of work and stuff. And, and here you have this amazing place that people can come and hunt, but they're still the ones that are having to put in that effort and that, you know, you have this opportunity, but it's still 
you know, we've had opportunities on, on bulls and stuff even so far. And so it's, it still has, you still have to make the right decision and step through it. And that, I feel like that kind of relates to a lot of different industries, not just in hunting too. I think that's, I, I think it's well said. I mean, it's, um, one thing that, you know, people have this, this idea that just because it's private land, it's easy. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, being a guide yourself and being out there a little bit with us, this is, it's not easy out here. Yeah. Um, these, these <laughs> yeah. are, these, these are, are wild, wild animals. Wild animals yeah. And, they come and go. Yeah. And, and they come yeah. and go and, and they get hunted, they get hunted on the public and you know, they're, they're astute. So it's, yeah. it's, it's not an easy thing, but there's opportunity. Yeah. And, um, I think that that's the difference. You can provide a little bit more opportunity mm -hmm. um, when you control a certain environment. Right. And um, that's what we can provide here is just a, a sort of a higher level of opportunity. Mm -hmm. But it's not a given by any means. Oh, yeah. It, it's not. So it's super gratifying when it happens. You know, yeah. when, when, when we have a success out here, and hopefully we do this week with you guys, it'll be, right. it'll be a big celebration for all of us. Really, it's as big for me as it is for anybody. Yeah, because absolutely. I, I mean, I, feel, I do feel the pressure because you guys are here. You're taking your time out. I respect everybody's time, yeah. you know, and I, I want everybody to have a great experience. Yeah, so. absolutely. So when you're, um, I guess, you know, you get to do a fair bit of hunting here, but you're hunting elsewhere and just, I guess, outside of the, the work aspect of it, what uh, tends to occupy your, your time? I mean, you mentioned surfing. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that you're doing when – you're not out, you know, working and stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm like everybody else. I work a lot. Yeah. Um, and I love, I'm lucky in that I love my job, so mm -hmm. it's not a burden for me to go to work, but I work a lot. Um, but I also have some control of my time, yeah. which allows me to do other things. And, um, you know, I have two kids. I've, I've got a son who's 23 and I've got a, a daughter who's 20 and I've got a family and, and, um, you know, those are, those are, my priorities. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, getting outside, getting outside every day. Um, our office is in Huntington beach, California, and, um, the ocean is, is right there. Um, I'm close to the ocean and I, and I get in the salt almost every day before yeah. work and, nice. and it's, it's, yeah. And there's a lot going on in the ocean. I mean, you know, it's, it's a whole different environment that is mm -hmm. really alive and yeah. really cool. And, um, you know, I, and I also, I try and take care of my body. So I'm getting, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting up there in age. <laughs> I've got a lot of miles on my body, yeah. uh, but I really do try and take care of it as well. And I've, yeah. I've even gotten better at it over the last couple of years. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I love to surf and that's a great lifestyle sport. Um, you know, it takes a fair amount of fitness, yeah. uh, to, to, to surf. And so that's a good, you know, that's a good activity for me. And I do it on a regular basis and I, I love it. It's my outdoor gym, yeah. um, my water gym, my ocean gym. And so I get that workout in on a fairly, fairly regular basis. And then, you know, I, I do some, some hiking and I do some, I've gone back to lifting weights. I think it was, mm -hmm. I told you that I, I've right. started cross training with some weightlifting again over the last yeah. couple of years. And, um, I showed you a before and after, and I've really, <laughs> you know, I've really transformed my body, even yeah. though I'm, I'm I'm older, yeah. you know, I've, I've really transformed my body and that's been kind of rewarding. Yeah. And most of it's just to feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't feel old as long as you can do what you want to do. Yeah. And so, absolutely. um, you know, I'm trying to elongate that curve and I do stay fit so that I can go do what I want to do. And, mm -hmm. and I travel quite a bit. So yeah. I love travel. Um, I've been, you know, I've been lucky in that I've been a lot of places. I've been a mm -hmm. lot of places hunting and yeah. fishing and surfing and with my family and, just yeah. a lot of different experiences. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was, I was joking coming down, uh, the dry, I don't know if it was last night yeah. or the night before, but I said, you know, when, when your life starts to exceed your own dreams, you've had a, you've had a pretty good yeah. go and, uh, I've had a good go. So no, I've, been, I've been really fortunate. That's awesome. And, yeah. and I feel like with being able to kind of create the, the lifestyle that continues to build, you know, it's not something, and, I, and I'm assuming with, with the things that you're doing, it's not like you're going to get to a point where you're retired. I mean, unless you, unless you are at a point that you're trying to get to just to be done with work or if it, is it a lifetime thing that you see just continuing to, to, to grow and ways that you can, you know, help other people in that process or. Yeah. For me personally, I mean, that's a great observation. Um, if we're retired, retirement means not doing what I'm doing, then <laughs> I'm not interested. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's my happiness. It's really important for me to be engaged and engaged in things that contribute value and, mm -hmm. and impact. And, um, 
where I've got relationships that I'm continually, you know, mining and benefiting and, and from and contributing value to. So, yeah. uh, no, I don't have any interest in, I don't have any interest in stopping what, yeah. I, what I'm doing. There's times like everybody, like, yeah, you know, work ebbs and flows. There's times when it's yeah. a bear. Um, yeah. that's true for, for all of us and it's true for me, mm-hmm. but, um, I shoulder it really well. And, um, you know, I get a sense of gratification when, when, you know, things get tough. I'm, I'm interesting in, I'm interesting. I have an interesting personality in that when the tougher things get sort of the more I engage. Yeah. And, um, I don't easy doesn't interest me as, as much as, you know, challenging. Yeah. And so, you know, when I have really significant issues and challenges, that's when I tend to engage, uh, you know, more deeply and more Mm -hmm. resolutely and, uh, more interested. So, Um, and that's good when you're a businessman because right. you have a lot of issues. As you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And is that something that you feel has just continued to grow or that kind of came out the more those issues came up or was it something you kind of had to set as a precedent early on, like from an earlier age of just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take that harder road because it's going to, it's going to end up more where I want to be. I think it's just, I think it was God given, honestly, yeah. it's just part of who I am. Yeah. I, I yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, your, your experiences, I think all build on some of those things that you were mm-hmm. given by God, obviously, and, and you realize them and have a better awareness about them. But, yeah. um, I don't think I really learned it. I think I had it and then just mm-hmm. cultivated it through all the experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm really driven too by, you know, I, I look at life in an interesting way. It's such a privilege mm. and time is yeah. so valuable. Right. I feel like I have an obligation to try and improve myself um, mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, I'm always, you know, I'm always trying to become more self-aware about my weaknesses and improve on them and yeah. and uh, really fully maximize my opportunities. Um, my ego is driven more by that than it is needing to be acknowledged. Yeah. Um, I'm really driven by trying to to maximize what I'm involved with and, mm-hmm. and I don't need credit for it that I don't care about. Right. But I do, um, I do want to be given it my all because every yeah. day is, is so, so precious. Yeah. You know, and w- with seeing all these different, uh, businesses and investments and all those kind of things, there's a lot of stuff that ends up not always working out or, or, or failing. And, and is there, um, some of the things we try to key in on, on this podcast too, is like, what are some of those, difficult things or, 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 um, you know, quote unquote failures. Cause some people say that, you know, there's not really failures is how you act, you know, react to those after the fact, but either from your, your own, you know, business or some of the investments you've seen on some of the other, you know, businesses failing and that kind of thing, or what, what kind of some of those things that you've been able to learn through seeing those different avenues take place. So it's a great question. Uh, number one, and it's, believe it or not, it's pretty easy to answer, um, in our business model. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we go out, I don't have time to manage all the businesses that we're involved in on a day, on a day to day basis. And that's why we have partners like Jared. Mm -hmm. Um, and if we have great partners, we have incredible success, Yeah. but they have their own Island Mm -hmm. in our system. Sure. And, um, if, if for some reason we pick the wrong partner, they can do a lot of damage in a hurry and they can cover it up before we find it. Uh. We've gotten better at finding it, you know, um, and, and realizing, you know, uh, this doesn't feel right. We better start looking into things and, you know, and figuring them out quicker. So the damages aren't quite as, as, as deep, but that's really our number one issue in our, in our system. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's people. And yeah. when, when you, um, make the wrong decision about the wrong people. It, it damages your team and it damages the value you can contribute and it can lead to economic losses as well and mm-hmm. financial losses on behalf of your investors. So right. that's, it's number one. Your people are, they're, they're everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, here's the funny thing you can take, and this is as true as the day is long. You can take the best business on the planet. You can put the wrong leader in there Yeah. and the, the, the business will start trending down in six months. Yeah. Um, you can take a terrible business that's really challenging that you have to manage your tail off to make a dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put the right leader in there in six months, they'll have it profitable and make money. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's cool to see that there's, cause I think 
at least, and, and I've seen it too, or just look at some businesses from the outside or just when you're only looking at, okay, they're, they're making X amount or they're doing these th- different things on the outside. It doesn't seem like it's, it's a, necessarily a people improvement type of thing. It's, oh, it's just a business thing. But what you don't see, and like you're saying, is the, the, the people that are involved in there that, yeah, there's some, there's some people that have to go and just work as, as a job, but at the core, if it's going to continue to be successful, I mean, there's, there's got to be the right people in place and they're not just making money, but they're, they're making this, this business that if, if it's done right, it can really have a bigger impact than just making a product or offering a service. I mean, that's, what's really cool. Like you said, with having that platform, you can do a lot with that for-profit business. It's not just to improve a couple people. I mean, your, your impact is you know, can be worldwide. And we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about, we have management meetings with our leaders on a regular basis. And we Mm -hmm. talk a lot about our personnel and, and uh, you know, the sort of the analogy, a lot of us can relate to our sports teams, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, a lot of us participate in sports. Well, you're only kind of as good as your weakest link. Yeah. And, um, that's true of businesses, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you're, you're absolutely right. Every team member is important. Um, and to the degree that you have a team member that's a weak link, you have, you know, you're, you're bringing down your ability to maximize that opportunity. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the reality of it. Yeah. And it takes, you know, that, I mean, and that's really what leadership does, right? Is it's cultivates those relationships, gets the mm-hmm. most out of them is always trying to improve the, their, their teammates, their yeah. talent, their skills, give them upward mobility, all of those things. And, that's a rare skill. There's not yeah. a lot of, it's, it's more rare than you would think. And sure. there's, there's just not a lot of leaders out there who are really, really exceptional. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of entrepreneurs. I mean, one of the things that, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that figure out really good at figuring out opportunities and how to make money. Sure. Um, and they build businesses, but then they kind of run into a roadblock in terms of being able to scale it yeah. because entrepreneurs tend to want to control everything. And at a certain point, you can't control everything. You have to push out to your teammates yeah. if you want to continue to scale. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we've been really good at coming in and contributing value mm-hmm. is sort of that transition point, which is, you know, the transition from a guy like Garth who was very hands-on, yeah. um, brilliant on- entrepreneur, figured out how to, you know, this business and really how to make money and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, but the, the next step for the company is really to not control everything, but push it out to the teammates. And that's where Jared has come in and been very successful. Yeah. And how have you seen over this last year with being 2020 and all the craziness going on and just having to, to navigate that in the type of business that you are, has it, uh, has it been something that's allowed opportunities and to, to, to work through, or has it been equally as, as difficult as, as some, or kind of how has that been affecting you guys this past year? It's been super challenging. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think as, as business, as a businessman and business people, um, we were in a strategic position we had never even considered possible, which was survival. Hmm. So we went into a period where, we just said we have to survive in every one of our businesses. What yeah. is it going to take to survive? How much yeah. cash do we have to have? How, you, you know, and we were looking at this, you know, we were looking at this year, this mm-hmm. whole year, like it, this whole year might be shut down. Yeah. Um, and how do we survive in that environment? Right. Uh, and it was an, a very uncomfortable and awkward place to be because as, as you know, investors and risk managers, that's not usually how we view the world. World, we, We'll go risk off from time to time mm-hmm. because we don't have perfect clarity on what the future is, but we're, we've never been blind yeah. like we were in March. Yeah. In March, we were all blind, mm-hmm. and it was a scary place to be. It really was. We went into a very defensive mode. Every one of our companies uh, secured the uh, PPP loan, mm-hmm. um, which was a good thing, so it bolstered yeah. our balance sheets, and... Um, with the exception of one of our portfolio businesses, almost all of our businesses now have, have sort of adapted to COVID. Mm-hmm. So um, our management teams have done an excellent job and they've, they've really figured out how to coexist in this, this sort of this uncertain environment. And then we yeah. are getting more clarity on it now, yeah. right? I mean, sure. COVID wasn't quite as 
wasn't it hasn't been as bad as it was built. It's bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to yeah. you know minimize you know two hundred thousand deaths is a, is a serious thing. It's and mm-hmm. it's a sad thing. It's a terrible thing. Yeah. Uh, but we have figured out how to sort of you know coexist with um, you know the a less severe environment than mm-hmm. maybe we all originally anticipated it would be. Right. We have one business is still struggling with it because the business we we launched the business. Uh, right in COVID. Oh, so man. we were as far yeah. out on the risk scale, literally launched a brand new business that was dependent on meetings. Oh. And so <laughs> we've had to figure out how to try and grow it utilizing Zoom. Yeah. And yeah. it's challenging. I mean, Zoom is not, Zoom's great, yeah. Yeah. but it's, it's not in person. Right. It's not like you and I sitting here talking, yeah. looking at one another, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, and, and our products, it's, it's really hard to sample a product on yeah. Zoom, <laughs> but you can in person. So yeah, that one's absolutely. been, a, that one's been a little bit tougher for us, but mm. other than that, our portfolio has done well and our real estate portfolio held up, held up well. Yeah. Um, we had some big nationals that tried to leverage us. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, we just said, okay, leave. Mm-hmm. And they backed down. Yeah. So Starbucks, um, you know, really tried to leverage us and, um, we, we had some big nationals and, that's, sure. and, and I don't blame them. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't blame them. Um, they were just trying to, you know, they're trying to manage their businesses as well mm-hmm. in an uncertain time. So, yeah. but our real estate portfolio now is, is really uh, in real, real good shape. And, mm-hmm. uh, our businesses for the most part are getting in much better shape as well. Yeah. Huntful did not meet, miss a beat. Yeah. So, yeah. Any outdoor, any like businesses related to the outdoors, yeah, have done great. Right, yeah. have done great. There's a lot of people to get outdoors too, and 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 I wonder too if some of the perspectives I feel like that that those types of people have when coming up against a difficult situation or something. I mean, I've even found it in my life too of being in difficult places from crazy hunting trips to unknown circumstances you run into or weather. I mean, as subtle as it might seem, at least for me, it it changed the perspective of being in something that was difficult and having to push through it and not just caving because, oh, now it's hard. Now I can't, you know, keep doing it. But if you're already used to taking on those adverse situations in a lot of different areas, um, I think it can really help the mentality. It doesn't always solve the issue for sure, but it at least puts you in the right mentality to take it on. Yeah, but for sure, for sure. But, so yeah, it's it's been a definitely a, a an interesting year, for, and, and I'm glad that we were able to to make this hunt you know happen as well as a lot of other ones too. And like you said, for the outdoor industry, I mean, there's definitely some some shutdowns in there as well with hunts and spaces like that, and. Where, uh, what about for you as far as looking ahead? I mean, how much of the stuff is, uh, or at least for what you're seeing that you're wanting to go into, whether it's different, uh, places or opportunities or businesses, or what do you kind of look forward to in the next couple of years that, uh, you want to share just kind of where your mindset is at? So we're right now, we're still risk off any new transactions. So we have not been out looking for, to buy new businesses. Mm -hmm. We are moving out on the risk scale with our current portfolio, uh, meaning that we're looking for investments within um, our existing skill sets. Sure. So that's where we're focusing our attention right now. We did, I I mentioned we launched a new business. Mm -hmm. Um, Jared is, he's, he's, um, he is moving out on the risk risk scale and he's going to launch uh, a couple of businesses, um, in, in the beginning of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited about that. And several of other of our portfolio companies are, are currently looking for opportunities. We're mining opportunities yeah. as, as we speak. Um, and so we're starting to move out on the risk, risk scale again, in terms of real estate, real estate's really expensive. Uh, passive income properties are mm-hmm. really expensive right now. Income properties, yeah. Uh, because a lot of it has to do with interest rates. Interest rates are incredibly low. Yeah. Um, and so that, that affects cap rates. Cap rates comes down, which increases the actual purchase price of, of mm-hmm. the property. So um, we have looked at some deals, but we haven't been able to make them make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we acquired, a, bit, we acquired a, a storage facility in Salt Lake City a year ago, um, and that has been the last new deal in real estate that we've done yeah. just because pricing is aggressive. Yeah. It's hard to make it work. Yeah. It's, it's so aggressive. Um, people are, 
you know, they're the funny thing is real estate, they feel more comfortable because it's tangible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's something tangible there. So they sure. feel, you know, you can't get much of a return in the bank. So if you can yeah. get a few more percentage points and own something, yeah. um, it, you know, people feel more comfortable about that. So there's a lot of pressure in that particular area right now. Yeah. Uh, what about for, for you personally, do you have some, some, uh, interesting hunts going on now with, uh, planning stuff or any other, um, limited travel type things that you got going on here coming up soon? I just got back from Mexico. I went down to Monterey, Mexico, and, uh, I hunted a free range Audad, uh, down there and it was a really cool hunt. Um, they, they've actually been down in those mountains out, out of Monterey just a couple hours um, for 50 years. They've been there a long time, wow. and it's a real sheep hunt. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was really, really cool. So I just got back from that. Um, I'll be here September at the ranch, September, all of September, uh, a good portion of October. Uh, then I have a third season Colorado mule deer tag um, in November. Um, I'm going to go to Mexico probably in December to hunt mule deer mm-hmm. and, um, that, and I may go to Texas on a whitetail hunt in January, but mm-hmm. those are, those are kind of the things that are on yeah. the immediate radar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big international hunts haven't, haven't been able, I did yeah. go to New Zealand right before COVID. Yeah. Um, so the, the New Zealand lost almost all of its hunting season. Oh yeah. Uh, but I was there the kind of the first week. Yeah. And, um, yeah. so I was, I was lucky to get that in. Yeah. Um, were you, do, did you do uh tar or stag or what were you? I killed a red stag with my bow. Yeah. Nice. I, I was there in uh, May of last year, um, with a buddy from Alaska and we went tar hunting down there, just DIY hunting and that's been the top of my list before and it still is the top of my list now. It's just amazing. This, the place, the people, everything was awesome. So, so I did the same thing. I actually, I went there with the intention of killing a, a tar with my bow. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's my third time. I, I didn't get it done. <laughs> my but guy I, was trying with the bow too. And he, he, we, we shot him with a rifle. We couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's yeah. doable, but yeah. it's not easy. And I've tried to do it in short windows, like yeah. three to four or five day windows. Sure. It just hasn't been enough time. Yeah. And I've done it the same thing three times. <laughs> um, last year, I did get an opportunity, uh, but it was a young bull. And yeah. I just, I had a 60-yard opportunity to a young bull. And I just said, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. So I haven't gotten it done yet. Yeah. Um, which is a good reason to go back. <laughs> yeah, it's a good so. good place to go back to. So what, one more thing I wanted to, um, you had shared when we were driving out that this place here is your favorite place to, to go and be. And, you know, when people hear of different cool places and we see that trophies on the walls from different places around the world, like how, how can, I guess, what, what makes this place so special to you? And even just elk hunting in general of something that is, you know, stands above so many other crazy and exotic places. Yeah. I think part of it is, um, it's, you know, the recognition of a dream probably. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of it. You know, I, I had this dream of having a property someday and to realize it is, is pretty special. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to cultivate it into something I'm pretty proud of, yeah. uh, both in terms of conservation and, um, you know, the, the game management that, that we support here. And it's, you know, as you see, there's, there's, you know, we, we take care of a lot of, of wildlife on the yeah. ranch and yeah. I'm, I'm proud of that and it feels good. Um, I also just happen to love the spot. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the feel of it. Um, You know, I I develop sort of the the buildings myself and the concept myself. And I just love the way it feels and the way it works. Um, So it satisfies my own personal interests. Um, And, you know, it's it's accessible, but it's still sort of remote, you know, so we can access it year round, but it's still... You know, we don't have neighbors who are right on top of us yeah. or anything like that. Feels there's, like you're out here. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of people in the valley, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it has a remoteness to it, which, um, you know, I live in the city a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. coming here and having that feel is extraordinary. Um, and it's, 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 you know, in terms of the species that it offers, it's what I grew up with. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm resident to, to here and, yeah. um, I, the, you know, these elk are, they're, they're a regal special animal. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're amazing. They're tough. And, 
Um, yeah. Mule deer, tr- truthfully, like, so my favorite thing to hunt in terms of fun is elk with a bow during the rut. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But the animal I love to hunt the most is, is big mule deer. Yeah. It's not necessarily the most enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you sure. know, when you have success on a really big buck, it's, it is, it is, a, it's rewarding. And yeah. they're, they're just such a different neat animal. Yeah. They're totally different from elk. They're, even oh, though yeah. they're from the same family, they're <laughs> just, their behavior is incredibly different. So, right. um, so I think, yeah. you know, I think that's probably it. And, um, so if I can only hunt one species for the rest of my life, it would probably be deer. But um, yeah. if I if it's two, it's deer and elk, and yep. we have both here. And you know, um, look, I'll tell you, one of the greatest moments of my life, um, not related to my family, but just something happening to me that was, you know, that I feel like I was a part of, is Logan and I killed. Um, we both killed bucks over 200 inches on this ranch mm-hmm. um in the same year wow and there was a lot of work that went into that <laughs> and it was uh you know it was a really really cool thing for mm-hmm. he and i to share and our families to share uh, because of all the effort that we put into the place and yeah it, it sort of is you know it's a it's a really great um you know testament i can look at the trophies and feel yeah. that reward um, yeah. and you know, just, it, it feels good. So, um, that was a cool thing to happen to us. Yeah. That's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. And, um, so just to, to wrap up, what would you say if, uh, anything that you would want to leave those that would be listening or just hearing kind of some of the stories and the, the business that you've built and kind of that, uh, you know, like you said, realizing that dream as well, um, to kind of, I guess, push through to, 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 to drive towards that for themselves, you know, or what's, what would something you would want to leave people with to, um, I guess, a uh, little, little nugget or so. That's a really good question. I mean, I, I would say, uh, you know, I'm so focused on the value of time and relationships that that's number one, make sure yeah. that you're being valued and you, you, you know, you're adding value. So you're being mm-hmm. valued and you're adding value. Um, if you're not, you're in the wrong place. Uh, life is too short to, to put up with that. Um, and you know, shoot big, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't cost anything to dream and, you know, believe, believe that you can realize it and go at it and don't, don't let, you know, don't be derailed. Don't, don't take no for an answer. It's, it's there for, it's there for all of us. And by the way, they're all different. I mean, you know, I tell my kids all the time, I want them to be the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really try and support my kids, even if I don't like what they're doing, as long as they're doing it ethically and responsibly, I, I support them a hundred percent. Yeah. And, um, so I, I think, you know, that, that's it. This is, we don't, we don't get a, we don't get another crack at this that we know about. So, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, just, just go for it and whatever that may mean to you. And, yeah it's, it's different for all of us, you mm-hmm. know, it, and it doesn't have to be about money. It might be some, um, something totally, totally, totally different, which yeah. is, which is great too, yeah. you know, and don't get caught up in the nonsense. My heavens and today, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you watch the news, you'd think like things are com- coming completely unraveled. Right. Um, the opportunities are still there. In fact, I yeah. believe the opportunities are greater today than they've ever been. Yeah. So no, you know, don't talk yourself into believing, well, there's no opportunities to me. There, there's yep. more, there's so many opportunities out there. I wish I had more time, yeah. you know, <laughs> another thing that happens to you is you get older, you actually, your, your goals expand. Like the impact that I want to have gets yeah. bigger and the time that I have to do it is condensing. Mm, yep. So that's a, that's kind of a fun challenge for sure. So I'm kind of getting to the last, you know, I'm getting to the last quarter of my career probably just because of my age and, um, mm. maybe the last third, and you know, my goals are pretty big. They've expanded. So I want to impact a lot of people positively. That's awesome. It's, it's really cool to, and and you just inspiring to hear that of, of, uh, being in a place where you are and still seeing the, the bigger picture that can continue to grow into and the people the impact because it's, it, it, it is, it's, it's a, it's a blessing to be in a position where you can then expand and impact, you know, even more people for, um, you know, changing their lives as well. And that's, that's awesome. So it's a good 100%. place to be in blessing yeah. other people. That's great. You betcha. Um, and, uh, so is there any place where 
people can look up whether it's um, interested in, in the business that you're doing or even following you personally on social media or any of those places that uh, people can you know keep in touch with what you're doing? Yeah, so the name of our company is the Unique Investment Corporation. Um, it's uniqueinvestmentcorporation.com. Mm-hmm. So you can look us up there. Um, my personal uh, handle at Instagram is Makoff, M-A-K-O-F-F, uh, John, J-O-H-N. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy to find there. Um, my Facebook is the same. Um, and uh, they're not private accounts. So uh, just to warn everybody, my Instagram handle is predominantly for the hunting business. So yeah. there's going to be some, <laughs> there's, there's going to be hunting related posts there. Sure. And if they're not into that, then that's probably not where they want to follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, you can see what businesses that we have, um, currently in our portfolio and our real estate portfolio on our website. And, um, yeah, you, my awesome. con- contact information's there and pretty easy guy to get a hold of. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, yeah, we definitely appreciate you being uh, on today and sharing, sharing insights, a lot of, uh, a lot of great, great information from your, your years of experience. And, and it definitely shows through that just the, your relationships and, and the people you get to spend the time with is, is key for sure. And I'm glad, glad we were able to get to get to meet on this trip and looking forward to the rest of this trip. So. Well, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys coming out and spending time with me and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're able to glean some valuable insights from this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and let us know what you thought and your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you want to find out more, visit silverlinefilm.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under Silverline Films. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Silverline Behind the Frame.